Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Chicks into the Pits. In case you missed the last episode, which was the first. Um, this is Martina. And this is Aurora. So, last time in January we talked about our hopes for the racing world in 2020 in 39 minutes of absolute insanity. <laughs> and this time, although we can assure you the insanity is still there, the topic will be a little different. Uh, it's February and this means we can still put some of the magical Valentine's Day into this talk, with obviously an eye on the things we love the most, and that's surprisingly cars. <laughs> we do this in full awareness that in 2019 there were more drivers who broke up with their girlfriends and wives than children born into this world, but what better timing than February to get lost thinking about love? Yeah, Martina's right, but we also gotta keep real with you guys. Like, we might be the least romantic people you ever come in contact with in your lives, to be honest. White horses and carriages aren't really our thing, uh, since we clearly prefer means of transportation with more than four horsepower. Still, <laughs> still we have found ourselves staring up from acuteness overload more often than we would expect in the racing world. Like, for example, um, at the, the beginning of the month, there was the 12 hours of Bathurst, which I sincerely hope you all guys didn't miss because honestly Bathurst is one of the most spectacular and also dangerous racetracks in the world. Uh, but you know, the cuteness is always still there because one of the main characteristics of Bathurst is basically uh, being into the wilderness. So at some point during, I think, it was, was it free practice, Martin? Yeah, 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 it was free practice. I think it was free practice. Like two or three kangaroos started, you know, jumping around on the racetrack. <laughs> and, and they were actually, you know, they were actually following, you know, the racing lines and whatever. Uh, so, of course, the marshals waved the yellow and red flags. But it was so cool. And it was so cute, to be honest, to see yeah. these kangaroos. And I, I think there was Mercedes and behind or something like that but yeah it, it was it was amazing to be honest I mean kangaroos can be pretty pretty aggressive animals as far as yeah. I know I've never seen a kangaroo to be honest but I know that they are very aggressive yeah and, like their kicks are extremely strong or something <laughs> like they, they could probably send you to the hospital uh but yeah they're, they're still cute to look at to be honest yeah they were really cute but one thing i noticed is that they were i mean guys those little lovely things were scared to death at some point um yeah. i think it was obviously because they were basically serving as a safety car and had lots <laughs> of racing cars behind them but they were really scared um yeah you know yeah, can you imagine the noise like the yeah. noise should have been unbearable to them yeah, I don't I'm, know I'm they so sorry for them like really oh god no, there's oh. like like they haven't been through enough like in australia with the bushfire yeah. and everything poor, the poor souls but yeah they were so cute i, I would have wanted to hug them all or something they would have probably like kicked me uh, yeah directly in the stomach but yeah it would have been worth it to be honest <laughs> Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like you know when you 
those uh, crazy Tumblr slash Twitter thirst traps and stuff like yeah. that. When people go like, you can run me over with a car and I will be happy or and I yeah. will thank you, stuff like that. Yeah, I'm like that with kangaroos. Like, I will hug you no matter if you send me to the hospital. I still will try and hug you. But yeah, no, to be honest, I mean, Bathurst was also a pretty, pretty amazing race. Can't say I've watched like that much of it, to be honest. because me yeah but it's like it starts at 7 p.m or stuff like that yeah. and ends at 7 a.m so it basically takes the whole night in italy uh, it wasn't very practical to be honest but i watched like three or four races out of uh, every oh, out of the 12 ones so yeah it was good it was good there were some very scary accidents marty yeah i did i saw them um they were quite scary yeah, in qualifying mostly. Uh, yeah, I saw something. I didn't watch qualifying to be honest, but I saw some videos on Twitter, I think, and it was quite scary. It looked bad. Yeah, definitely. And you know, all of that, all of that together, you always think like, thank God they are okay, because as soon as you start noticing the little things in motorsport, you know, we're we're starting to get to grips with the technicalities a bit better. Of course, neither me nor Martina do that for a living. We're not engineers. Uh, we don't do that. <laughs> definitely. We're definitely because not. Because I don't understand a single <laughs> fuck about engineering, so... We're honestly too cute to be engineers. <laughs> like, can you imagine us walking into a mechanical engineering faculty or stuff like that? No, not no. going to happen. Anyway, you start to get to grips with the, te- with the technicalities of it a, a tiny bit. Uh, and you're there, like, seriously understanding how it's a one in a million chance uh, to, to get out of there unscathed, to be honest. And yeah. it's always very scary. And you start to notice... If something happened like a second earlier or a second later or in a slightly different angle, how yeah. it would have been a completely different result. And so every single time I personally skip a bit, but it's also, you know, very reassuring. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But let's stop talking about accidents because yeah, this talk true. was supposed to be fun and about, you know, love and... Okay. It always ends up like that. Even in the first episode, we were like, <laughs> yeah, we're going to make this like a comedic show. And every single time we end up talking about <laughs> accidents and stuff like that. So, yeah. No, but talking about, you know, GT3 and um, uh, how do you call that in English? I always forget. You know, Grand Touring Racing. Um, we also couldn't comment on the 24 Hours of Daytona, actually, because we have terrible timing. Yeah, with that's our- true with our podcast but yeah did you enjoy Marty? yeah I mean if I remember something because it happened a bit too far in the past right now yeah, like a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> we're always so bad at timing this how is it possible like even now we are uh, we are recording this on the 22nd of February yeah. and uh, like the the six hours of uh, of quota is in I don't know 48 hours yeah. and we're going to miss <laughs> that too <laughs> honestly like this thing about you know publishing on the 27th because Gilles because whatever like it's cute but honestly we chose such bad timing for this uh, it's incredible it's honestly incredible but yeah Daytona was a uh, Daytona was fun to be honest it's not like I wanted to see another Lamborghini one two or whatever but yeah. you know 
That, that's what you get, basically. But I'm still happy for uh, Mapelli. Or, or was it Calda? No, it was Caldarelli it was, winning. Yeah, Calda. Yeah, it was yeah. Calda and then Mapelli come in second. Hey, it's okay. I mean, yeah, we got... Was, I mean, I was very happy about that. I, I have to be honest. Yeah. No, but it's cute. Like, on the on the GTD podium, we got three Italians. Yeah. yeah. Because it was Calda, uh, first place, Mapelli, second place, and uh, Bortolotti, third place. Yeah. So, it was okay it was okay for us italians oh but honestly like i haven't said anything about my beloved kamui san like his stints in the mm-hmm. manga were simply i don't know out of this world i'm yeah. in love with Kamui, to be honest um you know it's it's fascinating i remember one time marty i think it was during free practice of last year's 24 hour of le mans you you said something like and it was so funny i still remember it i i think i still have a screenshot about it you you said something about japanese drivers looking like a chico when they <laughs> did i <laughs> so cute he was honestly so cute but we, we we love them we both love kamui i particularly love kamui at least but yeah, yeah it, it's it's kind of it's kind of true because you know their their cheeks get a bit squished together so yeah. they, they actually look like uh what's the name of the race of that dog uh the shiba inu, shiba inu. yeah that's the one they yeah. look like a shiba inu no, <laughs> so they're, cute they're, yeah, it's honestly like so cute. People are going to think we are racists, but no, it's, no, it's no, not a God. race. I'm the least racing, racist person in this world. So yeah, we're probably like ve- very far from that. We are we are two commies, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I would say uh, I'm the least racing person. I was I don't know what I was thinking, but yeah, yeah I, I am a racing person too. So. Yeah, like, you know how you said it would be 39 minutes of absolute insanity, like the first episode? Yeah. The second one, I think it's getting much worse. <laughs> it's just 10 minutes in. So, <laughs> amazing. Yeah. I, oh, I, and to, to go on with the insanity, would you like to say something about um, Valtteri? I, I knew you were going to <laughs> I honestly knew you were going to ask that because you have to understand that in this few weeks that have passed since the last uh, podcast you know you you all know you all remember how I expressed my feelings towards Valtteri Bottas in a very polite and uh, like way platonic (laughs) more than that platonic absolutely platonic uh yeah in the meantime basically uh, Bottas came out with his new girlfriend or staff Tiffany Cromwell I think she's a professional cyclist um but I mean the timing was a bit off don't you think like you've flown this girlfriend which apparently you know is a serious thing because you you've brought her home to Finland you've been to Australia and stuff she's from Australia uh so it looks serious and you basically still have a divorce case in your hands I don't think that's cute yeah I think it's quite stupid to be honest (laughs) I don't know what else to say um I've never had um, that much sympathy for him, but you know, this thing, I don't know, confirmed a bit what I was feeling about him. His, I don't know, I, I didn't expect it from him, to be honest. Yeah, he, he doesn't but, look like the type, you know. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know, I, I didn't like and I'm not liking the way he is behaving on social media and stuff because you have a divorce going on. 
I suspect. You just post photos with your new girlfriend, which obviously was your girlfriend before the divorce yeah. broke out. That, so. That's what's very off about the timing. Like, if it's so serious and you're basically two months into your divorce, probably there was something going on yeah. before so you know I'm not going to jump to any conclusions I just base my opinion on what I see and come on hashtag haters gonna hate like how disrespectful can you be towards your ex-wife to be honest that that was that was very off-putting in my case like on one hand um this guy this guy doesn't I don't like this guy um it was very (laughs) it was very not nice from him on the other hand I'm like okay if he takes things so lightly then my hopes of you know meeting him in a certain context one day are not so far away like if he clearly doesn't care that much about the people he's with then uh, I have some hopes Martina it's good all good yeah when you said that uh what did you say before about him that you, you don't like him that much right now it sounded like me when I said that I don't like Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it's kind of big fake. Fake. I mean, come yeah, on. exactly. Like I don't like Valtteri as much as you don't like Hamilton. So yeah, All I right. think we can agree on that. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, can we please talk about Mercedes during this winter testing? At least the first week. Yeah, we have to. <laughs> I think we have. I mean, it's okay. Like we're having a chit chat, some fun together. But I don't know if people are that interested in our sexual preferences as much as they can be about the dual axis steering or stuff like that. So yeah, I think we have to talk about it, Martina. All right, let's talk about it. All right, let's talk about it. <laughs> no, to be, like to be honest, um, they look promising. The, the W11 looks uh, like a very promising car, but I mean, it's, it's a bit too early to say, like, it's a championship winning car. Nobody else has any chance of, you know, defeating the Mercedes dominance. Like, to be honest, I think that people are putting a bit too much importance on this dual axis steering, but for the wrong reasons. Like, yeah. it's it's very important to consider the the legality and the the technical regularity of this device. And uh, I mean, I, I wrote like a whole ass article about that. I spent like two hours reading the technical regulations about <laughs> that. So I clearly care enough. Um, also, link in bio. Even you, I just say link in bio to read that article. It's a, it's an interesting piece. If you missed it, uh, you might want to check it out. But you know, we're already d- discussing about this as though it gives I don't know um, 0.5 seconds at every single lap. Like we don't know how effective this is, to be honest. Yeah, the only thing that we're like so good about, and the only thing we're certain about right now is that they were masters at moving around the regulations they were yeah, just absolutely i mean I, I was in awe honestly i was yeah congrats congrats mercedes like i think they clearly use uh, you know i was talking with some people uh, let's give the people <laughs> some insight i was talking to some friends um working in maranello you know 
And um, we were discussing their kind of approach to building a new car. Of course, it was all, you know, off-record stuff said, you know, having lunch or something. So all pretty, pretty informal. But they were saying, like, um, when it comes to compliance with technical regulations, what I understood from their reasoning was that they, they don't rely that much on lawyers. Like engineers and aerodynamicists are given the technical regulations and uh, management is like, okay, you have to find your way around this. And I don't think that's a wise move, to be honest. I don't know if it's completely true because, as I was saying, it was very informal, very off the record. So they, they could have told me, you know, a complete lie. Uh, so I cannot guarantee on the on the validity of this information. But to be honest, not relying on lawyers on this, I think it's not a very wise move. It's not because lawyers know more about technicalities, of course. Like personally, me as a law student and um, law pr practitioner, is that the right word? I don't know, but I'm working <laughs> in a law firm, you know. So I, I kind of read technical regulations and stuff like that for a living at the moment. Uh, of course, I do not understand what, what might be the difference between having, you know, that kind of camber or that kind of toe. Like, I can understand on a very superficial level, but uh, not, you know, concretely. I don't, I don't visualize the difference. They do. Engineers and aerodynamicists certainly do. But, you know, us lawyers, we know our way around words. And I think that what Mercedes did was actually teaming up with their legal team, like having their engineering team and their legal team working together on that. Because yeah. I don't think that that kind of interpretation was something that someone without uh, legal knowledge could have done alone. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They couldn't have. Yeah, but it was very impressive. And that's what I want to do for a living. So Mercedes, if you're, uh, you know, hearing this, anybody at Mercedes, please hire me. Uh, <laughs> I'm up for that. I I'm, I'm pretty good at it. So yeah, take me into consideration. I'll send you a link to my LinkedIn profile. All right. So next time I will make an announcement for, <laughs> I don't know, finding someone who wants to employ me. Yeah, like people, we, we, we want money, okay? We yeah, want money and we've got a skill set. So we are available just to let you know. Let's put it out there. Yeah, guys, I mean, I'm a Capricorn rising. I live for <laughs> money, okay? I live for money. <laughs> you know that people like were coming into my direct messages after we aired the first episode. And you know, at the, the final part of the episode, I was saying stuff like, please, Lord, save us from an entire episode on astrology, something that you wanted to do. <laughs> uh, and people were actually coming into my DMs and saying, no, no, it would be interesting. Please let Martina have an episode on astrology. Yeah, yeah <laughs> bitches, like, we are. Are you okay? Like, you have no idea what you're putting yourself into. To be honest, you have no idea. Yeah, you'll only realize when it's too late. But yeah, thank you for, and I don't know. Thank you. For, for the support. I, I yeah. didn't know that Capricorn Rising had, you know, a passion about money anyway. Capricorns are like, they live for money. They're obsessed with money. When, yeah. When's the Capricorn season again? I can't remember. To from the end of December and mid-January, a bit later than mid-January. Oh, I, I know a, Capric a, a couple of Capricorns then. Yeah, I can confirm. I can confirm. Yeah, they're, very, they're very money-driven. Mm -hmm. It's understandable. 
Okay, let's move on after this small uh, astrology astrology <laughs> innuendo and stuff like that. So yeah, Mercedes definitely looks competitive and the dust looks interesting. But yeah, let's not talk about it like it's the championship winning device, which we don't know if it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And of course, people are all over saying like, oh my God, Ferrari is so underwhelming this year. The season is going to be and stuff like that like to be honest that's what people were saying about mercedes last year am i yeah. right like, yeah you're right it really doesn't matter that much it, it's been three days of testing like how can people you, you know immediately draw assumptions about that i personally don't trust anybody without a graph and an understanding of telemetry and that's why i only trust federico yeah like um I can understand that they are seeing Ferrari a bit, I don't know, they seem a bit lost at the moment, um, but I can understand that they are doing a job that we cannot understand right now. You know, they are trying lots of different assets. They are trying, I don't even know what they are trying. So um, I wouldn't talk about I'm how sure they Ferrari know. looks. Uh, right now because that's just pointless that's pointless and yeah yeah and honestly like people are you know bashing the approach Binotto is having saying like like Binotto is not particularly optimistic right now he's like we don't know where Ferrari is uh, we don't know how our pace compares <laughs> we to we don't others. know a single f- basically <laughs> okay yeah, we don't know we just don't know <laughs> we just don't know um, but yeah, to be honest, I mean, Binotto just can't have nice things for these people, right? When he was very positive and very optimistic about Ferrari's performance, he was over overly confident for them. Now that he's trying to do what basically Toto did for the entirety of last year, so playing it down, keeping it cool, now he, th- that isn't good either. So what's good? Like, to be honest, what do you want to hear from poor Mattia? They will always have something to to complain about. So yeah, they're not. So just let them talk. Yeah, exactly. Like it's not like Binotto cares to be honest. And someone who definitely shouldn't care is Grosjean. Martina, I don't know if you came, <laughs> if you if you kept up with him on Instagram. Like he started. He started replying to all the hate comments he's getting, and yeah. honestly, it's so funny because like that's the last thing you should do in my opinion just don't reply to hate comments it's not like haters are gonna change their minds after you reply to them so just let them be no but he clearly was very bored at the airport or stuff like that he went off like off (laughs) definitely off but he, he wasn't even that you know it, it, did, it didn't seem like, you know, one of those clapbacks that you were like, yes, late. No, it was just a very poorly timed, poorly written clapback. I'm like, Roman, you either try and do your best or just leave it at that. These half fast things I, I really don't like. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't a particularly good strategy, in my opinion. Why is it that Formula One people cannot hire a decent social media agent? Like, to be honest, we have Bottas basically, you know, putting himself into a shitstorm during his divorce. We got Grosjean replying to hate comments. Like, seriously, yeah. you have all that money and not a decent social media management. Yeah, and... Here's to you, F1 drivers. If you need a social media manager, here I am. 
Here I am. Yeah, Martina yeah. is kind of studying for that. So yeah, she's good, guys. She's good. Yeah. And she I was know, safe like, from an expensive divorce. Yeah, and I and I I know what four and a half languages. So come <laughs> to me, come to me, come on. I need money. Can confirm. <laughs> Can confirm, guys. Uh, but anyway, we, we kind of had, uh, you know, some kind of a checklist, Martina, for this episode. I think we went a bit off the rails. Yeah, kinda. totally. <laughs> I, yeah, totally. I, I can't even say we went off the rails half the way through because we are half the way through and uh, we went off the rails like 15 minutes ago. So um, <laughs> what's next? What do um, you have next on our checklist? Oh, yeah. the coronavirus. All right, let's talk about it. Um, That's hard. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's it's quite hard to talk about it. Um, I I don't even know how to start, to be honest. Uh, To be honest, we're kind of quite traumatized because this is the the day after, exactly the day after the first, um, you know, cases in Italy were announced. And uh, both me and Martina actually live in the two regions that are most affected by this. And at the the moment, I think the only regions in Italy affected by this. Yeah, Yeah. because Martina lives in Lombardy. I live in Veneto. So um, we're kind of going through stuff. Like five minutes before we started recording the episode, I got the message that my university is closed for the next week. And uh, I also had an exam, so I have no idea when I'm going to, to, to do this exam. It's pretty cool. I, I, don't need, I can't even go to work because apparently my boss got all paranoid and decided to leave us all at <laughs> home. But at least I'm getting paid for that. Like it, it's, a pay, it's a paid stay at home, so it's good. It's so good. Um, but yeah, I mean, the coronavirus certainly had an impact on motorsport. So we've seen how the Chinese GP is getting cancelled. Do you actually think it's going to be, you know, postponed, Marty? I think um, it's going to be. I don't know. Um, right now, I don't even know what they're going to do with other GPs um, in Asia. Because, um, I don't know, it looks quite bad. Uh, right now so we'll have to see how it goes I think and if the cases uh, stop or better diminish but um, I am quite scared for Vietnam to be honest because uh, they already have some pretty important cases of coronavirus and I have no idea how they're going to um, cope with the racing world on that but it would be a shame to cancel uh, the Vietnam GP because, you know, uh, it's the first one for them. The circuit is brand new. So it would be a shame. But uh, I get that they're facing far bigger challenges than uh, cancelling GPs um, in China at the moment. So that's right that, you know, they put safety and health before anything else. Yeah, and, you know, something that always comes, you know, second in this, but, I mean, I, I can be very, you know, very rational about this. And uh, we, we, we sometimes we miss to understand, we fail to understand just how bad of an economic impact this whole thing is having, not only in Formula One, like, mm, I think that uh, Liberty Media is going to lose something around 33 million 
dollars yeah. out of this. I, I read I read an article on Forbes. By the way, like I'm giving you you know a tip, something that I personally enjoy reading a lot. There's um one single journalist on Forbes that takes care of Formula One and also theme parks. Like how how can you put together Formula One and theme in theme parks? I have no idea, but that's Americans, you know how they do yeah. stuff. Sorry. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> sorry, sorry to our American listeners, but honestly, you don't know shit about Formula One like most of the time. So it's <laughs> it's understandable why you put together Formula One and theme parks. Anyway, um, yeah, he's a, he's actually a very good commenter. Um, I think his Twitter handle is Formula Money. I can't remember the name of the journalist, but yeah, he has a column on uh, Forbes. Um, which, by the way, is a great publication, of course, but everybody knows Forbes. I hope that everybody reads Forbes because it's a very important read. Yeah. And he also has another column on the Financial Times, of course, another great publication. And he always comes out with very interesting and very insightful articles on the economic aspect of Formula One, uh, which often, you know, comes second uh, but yeah, he predicted around $33 million of loss for uh, for investors and shareholders. And this is honestly huge. And I cannot believe that uh, Vietnam could face the same kind of, you know, struggles. And yeah. I think it would be even worse because they're at the first GP. So they, they kind of hoped to you know, get something back out of their investment into building the Hanoi facilities. So, yeah, it, it will be very hard on Formula One management if actually both of the Grand Prix get cancelled. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But of course, safety, the safety of Vietnamese people and of the Formula One paddock is paramount in these circumstances. Yeah, yeah, it will be like bad a shame if they cancelled more gps but what can you do like this is a real emergency it's worldwide so do what yeah, you have definitely. to do i'm actually kind of scared about you know not only drivers i mean drivers we see them firsthand we always follow them on instagram and stuff like that so we see how much they travel but honestly everybody working in the uh, motorsport industry be it you know um engineers uh, logistics drivers yeah. team crew and stuff like that they are really going through it because to be honest it's not only about visiting um you know particularly affected countries it's about always staying in airports in planes in stuff like that i mean it must be it must be pretty scary to them to be honest yeah. like i'm not gonna lie i'm a very you know relaxed person when it comes uh, when it comes to this, I I really don't care about that much because I think I always follow the basic rules of you know limiting this kind of dangerous situations. But I went to Austria on uh, on Monday uh, for the Racing Point unveiling, and to be honest, I I don't even know if there are some cases of coronavirus in Austria at the moment. But I, I was kind of, you know, I was spending an entire night on a train and this kind of stuff can, can get to, to you psychologically, even though there is no real danger, you know. But it was very hard for me to sleep, not because there was an immediate danger, but I was like, okay, I'm staying in a closed compartment for like so many hours with a, a global scale emergency going on. What's going to happen to me? So I can understand 
that if this is what I went through just for one day, moving to a country who doesn't even have, you know, a particularly high incidence of cases or stuff like that, you, you can imagine people constantly, constantly traveling. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that could be a real problem uh, for all the people working in the industry. But yeah, um, let's move on, I'd say, on a more yeah. positive note, maybe. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we were like, this is a comedy podcast. <laughs> yeah, and like 10 minutes of it will be about the coronavirus. But yeah, whatever. Well, um, well, at least we're not doing humor in the coronavirus because, you know, we're better yeah. than that. Yeah, a bit better, I'd say. Um, what do we want to talk about? <laughs> um, we noticed that uh, David Schumacher is joining the Formula 3 championship uh, this season and what do you think about that? Yeah, like to be honest, do we really need another Schumacher in Formula <laughs> Series? No, I mean, I, I don't mean to, to sound rude or stuff, but I, I found mixed performance a bit underwhelming don't you think martina like yeah um i actually met the guy in november it was uh in monza and oh, was it david yeah david yeah yeah mm -hmm. and uh god i mean i interviewed him uh but the guy was so shy um it was for sure like the shortest interview i've done up until now it was basically a two-minute interview, maybe a bit more, and by a bit more, I mean like 10 seconds. Um, the article came out so short, but, uh, you know, I generally don't think he was an asshole. I just think he was, uh, I mean, he's very young. Uh, he still needs to understand how to cope with the media. Yeah, he's what, like 16, 17? Yeah, 17, I think. 17. Um, oh, he's so young. Yeah. How cute. He's a baby. And like, we're going, he's so young and I'm 22 and you're 21. Like, <laughs> no, I'm 22. Oh, right, <laughs> you're 22. Right, because actually, like, Martina is from 98 and I'm from 97, but she's very early in 98. 16th of February, say happy birthday to Martina. Yeah, happy birthday. I actually forgot her birthday, but, you know, let's move yeah. on. <laughs> forgot my birthday. I'm a terrible <laughs> friend. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, uh, going back to David Schumacher, um, I personally didn't follow uh, Formula Regional, which is championship he was uh, competing in last year, um, but uh, I didn't see that much, um, I don't know, performance in him, but that could perfectly be the fact that he is still as I said, very young, and he still needs to find his way. Yeah, but I mean, to, to be honest, I do agree with you. And I think that, you know, the Schumachers, but in general, very young drivers are put through too much pressure, like too early. People immediately expect performance, and it that isn't always the case. And particularly if your surname is Schumacher, be it you're the son of Ralph, I think he's the son, yeah, he's the son of Ralph. Yeah. The son of Michael, that's even worse. Um, so yeah, they, they go through a lot. But, you know, I also have to, to be, to keep it real and not be overly nice to them just because they're Schumachers. And to be honest, I think that there are a lot of more talented drivers around. Like there are people who 
at their age had already showed that much. Like, I think, what's what's Mick? Like, he's a 98 or a 99 Mick? I, I um, can't remember. He's a 99, I think. 99. Like, there, he's turning, what, 21 this year. And yeah. there were people, like, including Max Verstappen, he had a, you know, tremendous career. But they were there were people doing so, so, so much better at their at, at his age and yeah. even at 17 like can you imagine like Verstappen he joined the Formula One paddock at 17 like of course his career was very peculiar but he clearly showed that you know he deserved his place in Formula One and I don't think that anybody can say otherwise about Max yeah um, well I don't think that Mick and David at the moment at least are really showing the potential to be the talents that everybody wants them to be. Like, people are going like, oh, please give Mick a Ferrari and stuff like that. Okay, but does Mick actually deserve a Ferrari? Because at the moment, yeah. he, he doesn't seem to deserve a Ferrari. Yeah, like, they are good drivers, obviously, but they are average drivers right now. Yeah, absolutely. Like, can you imagine how many drivers are in Formula 2 and they don't succeed? Like, how many of them... I, I wouldn't even say they don't succeed because that's not true. And me and Martina are actually the first people going out and saying, uh, you know, Formula One is not necessarily the pinnacle of motorsport. There are so many other categories with so many talented drivers and people who deserve to be in Formula One and are not for one reason or another. But yeah, to be honest, I mean, the competition is tight. The field is tight. How many F2 drivers have come and go without sticking, without even sticking a foot in Formula One? Yeah. Like, I, I think that's just how things go. Like, if you imagine one of the, some of the few very talented drivers that we've seen to G through GP3 and Formula 2, like Charles, as much as, you know, we don't like him, but... <laughs> I mean, Charles was amazing in Formula 2 and in GP3. Yeah. And George Russell was amazing too. And I'm sure he will do so many great things once he gets a decent car. maybe. <laughs> um, I mean, one, one of the... The one in which I was really, you know, putting all my trust and all my hopes of this, you know, new generation, to be honest, and I'll be completely honest with you, was Antoine. Um, he was... He was was just amazing he was like one step ahead of anybody yeah. that formula two grid i don't think that anybody competed like on, only the Vries did better than him in my opinion in terms of performance not in terms of results yeah. but i mean the Vries has been like five years in formula two he knows that cars better than his own daily driver or stuff like that so yeah i think antoine was probably the best but we will never know unfortunately yeah, you're right. Um, also, but yeah, I mean, sh the Shumis are not that great at the moment. No, they are, as I said, average drivers. Like, yeah, they're doing normal. They're doing yeah. normal. Not bad, not good. And I mean, I, if I have to say it, I don't really like this thing about, you know, drivers sticking in Formula 2 for years and years just because they have the money or for yeah. whatever. Like, to be honest, if Formula 2 is actually a propedeutic 
category to Formula One, then you should be done in, I don't know, two years, three years. They should put, you know, a maximum time of permanence in Formula Two, in my opinion, because you're subtracting seats from probably more talented and more deserving drivers. Like, I mean, I, I, get, I get it. He's Italian. I should, you know, support him or whatever. But to be honest, Luca Giotto is on what? His fourth, sixth, fifth season? Yeah, I have no yeah. idea. But he's been in Formula 2 for a long time. He clearly doesn't have it. Like, Yeah, move come on. on. Come on. I mean, he was getting his fair shot in uh, LMP, LMP1 with Ginettas. Uh, I mean, the Ginetta project is, you know, a kind of a shit show at the moment. But yeah, he was having a shot at that. I think this year we will see him in the GT Challenge, Marty. He's driving yeah. an Aston Martin. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, he's in the R Motorsport squad. So we will see how he fares in, uh, in the GT World Challenge. That's the one category me and Martina really, really, really cover, like, yeah. with that with a passion but yeah I mean just stop stop wasting a seat on Luca Giotto in <laughs> to be honest like that's a waste of a seat yeah and you know what other driver um is like having a good career uh if you think that Mick Schumacher is from 99 and Lando Norris is from 99 yeah you know yeah. That's a big difference. That is yeah. a big difference. A completely different level. Like Lando won everything in his junior career except Formula 2, but he came like second in his rookie year. Yeah. So it's, it's not like it matters. Like it's an amazing performance anyway. So yeah, Lando is, I think, the most direct comparison at the moment with, with Mick Schumacher. Yeah. If you don't want to consider, you know, Max Verstappen a fair comparison, because of course, regulations were different, super license criterias were different. So if you don't want to consider him, like see what Lando Norris has done at the same age and you will see the difference in talent. Yeah. But Martina, we're already like 42 minutes in. <laughs> really? Yeah, we probably we probably should, you know, stop talking at the moment. Right, let's stop talking. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like so sad because to be honest, guys, you, you know, you have noticed how this podcast works. We're basically getting you in into one of our very regular conversations we have. We talk yeah. every day, Martin. Like, for how many hours? Not necessarily on the phone, but via messages. I think we waste around one or two hours of our time each day to each other. Yeah, yeah. Like, I will never get that back. So you better stick as my friend for as long as we live, because I would have wasted so much time on you otherwise. Thanks, my love. <laughs> yeah, as, you, yeah. as we were saying at the, the, the start of the podcast, we're not very romantic, but we love each other because we're the same in this. Yeah, yeah, we're like we're really the least romantic people you could ever meet in your lives that that was not an exaggeration that is yeah true. and then we spent like 90 of our time together hugging but that's an, a different a different arrangement <laughs> yeah i mean I, i respond to the hugs because you give me the hugs otherwise oh, you're such a liar you're <laughs> such a liar you always come to me for hugs because i'm like i don't know 50 centimeters taller than me Oh, you're such a bitch. That's not true. <laughs> yeah, I know I'm a bitch. That one, that that is true. 
Yeah, but she always come to me for hugs because she feels comforted in the fact that she's like, how much shorter me you are, are you? I don't know. I am uh, 153 centimeters, which is basically what, around five feet, something like yeah, that. Yeah, five feet. I'm like, what, five foot two or three, stuff like that, because I'm 15 centimeters higher than you. So yeah, I should be yeah. like five foot three, stuff like that. Yeah, I, I'm not even particularly tall, but I look like a giant compared no, to you. No, it's just so, that I am particularly short. <laughs> that is the yeah. thing. So don't don't come at me saying I come for hugs. You clearly come for hugs because okay. you want to be comforted. Okay, all right. Bitch. <laughs> anyway, guys, uh, yeah, you've also witnessed one of our very, very small arguments. Like that's as far as we get with arguments, to be honest. <laughs> So, yeah, no, we actually had a fight once, but we we, we said yeah, sorry. We <laughs> yeah, we, we made it up like in, what, 15 minutes? Even less yeah. than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not very good at having fights. Anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in on this episode. Like, this, this length, people are going to be so annoyed by this, but, yeah, we don't really care because this is a love project. So we'll see you on the 27th of March. And by that time, uh, oh, fuck, I actually have like, uh, I have a, a race weekend to attend on the 27th of March. It would be oh, so God, fun. That's true. And I yeah. will be in Poland on the 27th of March. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, always our, our beautiful time timing. Thank God we pre-record stuff. Anyway, we will see you on the 27th of March and uh, goodbye, guys. Yeah, thank you very much for listening and see you in a month.